welcome to the Sports Performance Podcast. If you're interested in staying healthy, becoming fitter or stronger, getting rid of pain, or enhancing your athletic performance, this is the place for you. We're excited to be part of your journey to better health. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Sports Performance Podcast. Dr. Nicholas, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, someone mistake Dr. Nicholas for an 18-year-old uh, high school student. That's a... That's, wah, 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 wah. He looks uh, he looks young. That's a, that's a compliment, Dr. Nick. Uh, we have a special guest today, and, and I am so honored to have this uh, special uh, human being uh, in the room with us, uh, Kara Winger. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here on the Sports Performance Podcast. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Kara Winger is um, the American record holder in the javelin. Uh and is a three-time Olympian, and I think our listeners don't even know what the javelin is. Can you explain what that is, Kara? So imagine a giant seven-foot-long toothpick (laughs) (laughs) made of metal with like a rope handle in the middle, and you throw it as far as you can. That, okay, what's the origin, do you know? Well, hunting, yeah. Oh. Like originally, originally. And javelin is one of the few, like, very original Olympic sports, like ancient Olympics. I did not know that. Yeah. And then extends into modern Olympics, what you see today. That is amazing. I did not know that. Yeah. I've worked with Kara for many, many years and actually probably have never asked that question. <laughs> um, today we are discussing uh, actually a very relatable topic to our listeners out there. And um, many of you are active and you're trying to figure out your aches and pains and um, how to live a healthy lifestyle. Uh, at one point in your life, you may or may not uh, encounter a medical provider, uh, specifically outstanding physical therapists at Sports Performance Physical Therapy. A uh, little plug there. Um, but I wanted to pick Kara's brain on um, what it has meant to her to be um, seen by so many people and um, specifically physical therapists. I wanted to see what uh, characteristics um, have been important for her to work with uh, specific providers. And uh, Kara, you've written, a, we have a blog on this actually coming out, actually written by Kara. Um, so you'll be able to access that uh, with the button down below. Um, but also, Kara, I wanted to see why did you write this? What was the purpose behind this? Because um, I love I love the the information and it's very, very important for people to know. Like what brought it on? I was thinking a lot about kind of the format that sports performance physical therapy has taken on and different clinics kind of around the country that have mm-hmm. popped up that just make physical therapy more accessible than via like a post-surgical mm-hmm. brief period of time insurance may be paid stint in physical therapy. I think it's super valuable what sports performance is doing in other clinics of its kind. Sure. That people can say, oh, like, I want to invest in this aspect yeah. of my health yeah. just by paying per appointment. Sure. And I, and actually, I didn't even ask that question and I, beforehand. With, there was no prep in this. And um, that's a very genuine answer. And, and really, it's what we try and accomplish. And it's being able to provide access all year long, yeah. right, to people um, when they train all year long. So um, that's beautiful. Okay, so uh, with that... What are some characteristics that you look for in providers um, to help you train at your level? Well, something I've had interactions with a lot of people through Olympic training centers, Mm -hmm. whether they're residents 
um, or staff members or volunteers. Mm -hmm. And something that I love the most is someone who recognizes where you're at as a patient mm -hmm. and either goes down to that level, that's mm -hmm. not to say that's a bad level, or up to where you're at athletically. Yeah. I, it's very difficult for me when someone just jumps in and explains something that I already know yeah. and doesn't take the time to really understand who I am as an athlete. So my favorite people are people who get, take the time to like ask a couple questions to get to know kind of what level you're on yeah. and then can customize their, their program for you. And Dr. Nick, we've had this conversation before and on numerous levels, right? You know, just being able to talk and communicate at that person's level mm -hmm. versus using like large medical terms and um, you know really trying to show that you know a lot of information but really just confuses the whole process. Yeah. Um, that person is there to get serviced, right? And uh, if they if you can break it down, and I try and break it down to people who I understand like at a sixth grade level, like can you understand that this is your right hand and when you use this muscle, it becomes overactive and that causes you pain? Yes. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> Right, Dr. Nick? I mean, what do you what approach do you use? I mean, how have you made it easier for yourself just to talk to people? I have a question about um, <clears throat> whether you meant that as a medical like mm. terminology thing, but also like as an athlete. Ooh. Kind of both. Like okay. if they don't understand your day-to-day -day tasks and demands, then how are they gonna write a plan of care going for you? Is that what you meant as another facet of it? Kind of. I think medically I've gotten to the point now, like I've done this professionally for almost 10 years that like I know which specific muscles in my shoulder are what's bothering sure. me so I'll say that initially in an appointment and then if someone then turns around and tries to like explain it back to me in a different way that I know isn't what I just uh, said yeah. that's what I get really frustrated by so that's yeah. like my medical I like I do know what I'm talking about so like then they just try to like Chris yeah. said show that they know a lot of stuff yeah when I already know that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then athletically, I don't really need them to know like exactly what I do as long as they're receptive to like what I'm asking for or what maybe they have discovered that's new. Um, but I, I am mature enough and understand yeah. enough and they should be able to tell that right away to then address that together instead of feeling like I'm for talked sure. down to. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. yeah. Well, and, and I think that's two part, right? I agree with you, Dr. Nick, and maybe right. I may, I might've missed, uh, missed that part, but you're right. So there's a medical side, but then also understanding what training means to that person, right? Mm -hmm. A marathoner is very different from a chaplain athlete, which is different from a golfer. Mm -hmm. And so understanding their schedule and what their demands are um, only helps that process, right. right? And so you feel like that treatment was individualized to you. Yeah, that's yeah. a big thing. Yeah, so okay, so that's one thing. Um, what else do you look for to find uh, another good qualified person in your mind? What are some other things? It helps a lot. Usually if you're looking for a physical therapist, you're you're hurting, you're in pain, you're maybe nervous about the process. Mm -hmm. So to have somebody that can put you at ease, like mm -hmm. you, if you want to call it bedside manner, mm -hmm. um, that's really important to me to just feel comfortable because you're, you're doing things that are uncomfortable, um, physical pain yeah. sometimes. So yeah. if you have somebody that you can talk to and laugh with and is good at distracting you in a way that feels genuine while still getting work done that's yeah. just the ultimate and that helps right because like, yeah. you don't you're not so fearful so um on the last point i forgot to ask you know so 
Um, the the first okay, so the first point was attention to detail, and, and second time, second point we were talking about personality, right? So somebody who identifies with with you, right, and and really tries to empathize and also create a positive experience mm-hmm. during that. And I know that sounds really simple, but if you've ever gone to a doctor's office and they spend 2.5 minutes with you and they, there's no eye contact, no handshake, and it's you're sitting down, they're looking down at you or not even looking at you, they write you a script and you go, right? And that's a very common thing where, where I think a lot of us are shaking our heads. So. Yeah, after you've sat in the waiting yeah. room building the whole experience up in your head yeah. already and then you yeah. have like not necessarily a warm, positive interaction. Yeah, so that, that's very important. Um, both, <laughs> And this is for the listeners, but also if there's some clinicians or coaches or personal trainers, I mean, this is all information of the same thing. I mean, this is not just specific to to physical therapists, although we're a little biased, this is very important for us, but uh, also um, in general when you're working with anybody, not just professional athletes. Uh, what else? What else is important? Well, the the third point, I guess, interactiveness like between the patient and the clinician, mm-hmm. just kind of soliciting feedback about how does that feel? Like, is this too uncomfortable for today? Mm-hmm. Like, give me some kind of input on, on what we're doing. That's important, and to me, that's kind of that goes hand in hand with personality. Being able yeah. to like have a rapport that tells you, like, you can be honest with me about how you're feeling. Yeah. And for me, one of the biggest eye-opening experiences, like, really, what I consider early in my physical therapy, like, I guess, love, yeah. <laughs> was the extreme discomfort of getting knee flexion back after oh, that ACL is knee surgery. bending for those listeners. Yes. Ugh. And that was Dr. Chris Garcia Ugh. six ah. years ago, and <sighs> I just never could have seen it coming, Ugh. how that felt. And it caught me so off guard that I'm just in tears on the table. But, like, Chris is like, I know it hurts, and it's okay. Like, this is a normal, yeah. really weird feeling. So to have someone that says, like, I know this sucks, yeah, but it's necessary and it's going to make you better is super important. Because the opposite would be like, hey, we're going to do this exercise. And you're like, wow, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know you. Enough. Like, it's, it's, we are not friends. We just start cranking <laughs> yeah. without any warning at all. Yeah. And that sure. does happen. That does happen. Yeah. Um, and so you're right. So just putting that person at ease and, and um, talking to them through that process and the expectations of what's going to happen right. is so important. And uh, if you're not feeling that, you might want to look at other relationships because um, that's an important piece of putting your brain at ease. And we, we've talked about this on previous podcasts that that brain, if it's not prepped, will block so much. And if it, it's like traumatized, right? And so I think that's helpful just to literally put you at ease and feel better about the experience. It's not going to be fun. No. If you've ever had knee surgery and you have to bend somebody's knee or if you're a listener and you've had surgery and, and they crank on you, it's not fun. It's not. If it's a punch to the gut, yeah, man, it hurts. Yeah, like, this is not my body. Like, no. something yeah. terrible has and, happened. And regardless of how tough you are, it's not fun. Yeah. Not fun by any means. Uh, give me number four. What is uh, another thing that is important to you? Being active in physical therapy. Ooh, what does that mean? Doing exercises, not uh, only getting soft tissue done. Sure, absolutely. So I first went to PT in high school for like foot stuff. Mm. I wore orthotics for a really long time and I don't think I needed to. Wow, I didn't know this. Yeah, and kind of all that they did was like do ultrasound and stuff and then uh, I would like go home whoa. in my orthotics and I didn't get better. Like my ankles were still sore. 
Wow. Yeah, and so coming to kind of professional career and like needing yeah. to, even in college, I had a back injury that required, I just did a ton of core, full body, like mm -hmm. Swiss ball, TRX, all that yeah. stuff, like rehab. And in a year, gained five meters on my throw and wow. made, made wow. an Olympic team. That's dramatic. Right. Yeah. And so I just, I value so much that rehab-based exercise sure. and I learned that not necessarily in sport, but in physical therapy. Yeah. So your treatment and rehab shouldn't just be passive. Correct. It should be active care. Mm -hmm. And that is not to downplay how important passive treatment is because when you work with different level athletes and you're seeing them multiple times per week or whatever it may be, there's times where you need to insert some passive stuff. But the majority of the population will see PT one to two times a week. And that one, two times a week has to be able to last all week. Yeah. So one hour of passive care is not going to take over for the whole week, right? So you have to empower those individuals to, to do the active stuff. Yeah, to, to really do it on your own. And, and I think that that's a really good point in that if you're looking to, to make an impact on yourself and have the best outcome, that's pretty much the only way to do that right where right. you're doing it you're on your own so then active becomes not only active exercise but an active role in your own care oh on wow your own time. bada boosh that is actually very, very that's true. my favorite statement there. i love that and and this is a professional athlete saying this uh for you listeners that's amazing because at a, at a professional level, you can get passive care and totally be fine with it. And I've worked with a lot of professional athletes who are totally okay with passive care. But if you want that extra nudge, you want to be able to do that extra marathon, you want to get rid of that knee pain, and you don't want to come back, you have to be an active participant in your own care. Right. You can't expect people to do it yourself because sure. there's, I don't know how many hours in a week. And if you go to therapy one hour a week, there's no way you're going to conquer that without no. doing that on your own. Yeah. So. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, number five. Ooh, kind of going with number four. Yeah. What do you got? Yeah, active an active role in your own care leads into a physical therapist that will empower you to take that active role mm -hmm. that educates you on what you're doing mm -hmm. in the clinic, but also gives you those same tools to go home and do the same exercises or use your lacrosse ball to roll out mm -hmm. on your own time. Yeah. And isn't just telling you what to do without explaining why, yeah. but giving you the why so mm -hmm. that you can really take that to heart and care about it. Do you like the information? Do you like knowing the why? Do you, do you like to know like some of the anatomy behind it at your level? I do. Um, I, I feel like you're a rehab junkie. You love like you love the little nuances, right? Yeah. Um, why? Why is that? Why is that fascinating? Well, the javelin is so extreme in the positions that you put it in. Hmm. Um, and a lot of the specific strength stuff that we do is like connecting my right hand to my left foot through all those tiny little pathways. Amazing. Yeah. And the rehab stuff like strengthens all those tiny little pathways. Yeah. And knowing like which muscles connect to these other muscles and that ligament helps me really like sequence that through <laughs> sure. my body. Sure, you can picture it. In a really it. weird educated way, yeah. Yeah, well, because it gives you a relatable like um, process, right? Like you can imagine that. And that's so important, right? So if I 
tell you to wear these orthotics and that's going to help you run without shin pain, that's one thing. Or I can say uh, the orthotics are going to support your posterior tibialis as it runs on the, along the inside of your shoe. And that sling is inflamed right now. But if we can learn to strengthen that thing, that orthotic is a temporary fix. And you just kind of imagine that process, right? Absolutely. And you're like, yeah. ah, the aha moment. Uh-huh. Got it. Yeah. So even though I don't care so much about the anatomy, but it helps me understand the why. Mm-hmm. And and for you listeners, um, that is important, I think, for longevity Absolutely. of health. And because if you continue to see you know providers for all these different ailments um, and you keep going back for the same things, uh, maybe the, the why hasn't been figured out, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's the important part. And once you figure out the why, it comes back less frequent and you can train all year round without injury. Right. Um, so those are five fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, so those are five traits that a uh, professional athlete, an amazing human being, Kara Winger, um, highly recommends. Now, I want to dive into. All right, you just gave me five points to look for in a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. What characteristics do you feel, or or traits do you feel that you, as an athlete, or as a a uh, patient have to go in with uh, to a new provider or somebody you're seeing? And why is that important? I think to get the most out of physical therapy, you have to be ready for it mentally. Mm-hmm. Two-way street. More so than physically. Like you're going to the physical therapist because you have a physical problem, mm-hmm. but going in without being mentally prepared isn't going to be a lasting mm-hmm. experience sure. like we were just talking about a little bit. And these were kind of in my brain things that I watched, like my husband had had an elbow scope mm. like not that long ago. And then you have the the required physical therapy yeah. trips to people that you don't really know right after yeah. surgery. And that experience is just like, it's, it's always negative. You're always in pain and you don't get a whole lot of answers mm. um, from that person that you just met. Yeah. They're basically changing dress- dressings and like not really giving you a path forward. So I just thought to myself, like, that's probably what most people's experiences are when they think about a physical therapist. Yeah. So why not be more proactive about it? So what, so you, you basically have to have an open mind. Yeah. Going into it. Okay. So yeah. Right. Um, have an open mind about how physical therapy could be different from what you think it is. I'm scared already. Like I don't, I'm just, you put it in a perspective that I don't really think about too much. Like that's what it sounds weird. Yeah. Uh, that is scary. I think it's, it's like negative going to, for a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, you're going to a dentist to yeah. get work done, and right. you're like, this is going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. Right? Thank you, Kara Winger. That's a, that actually is very profound for me right now. Because I think we all love physical therapy sitting here at this table, but yeah. like the normal person that is forced into it yeah. doesn't. Right, this is what you need. You have yeah. to do this. Mm-hmm. Ouch. Yeah. So having an open mind uh, is about... Like being open to it being a positive experience, one, uh, but also maybe recognizing that you don't know everything anatomically about yeah, your body. That yeah. like you might have pain here, mm. but it might be originating over there. Boom. So trusting your physical therapist, like this person that you found that has all these positive traits yeah. to kind of give you a more full synopsis of what's going on. It's a two-way street, mm-hmm. right? Because I got to be a fit for you, got to be a fit for me. For sure. Right. And, and when, when that is uh, in harmony, man, it's amazing in how fast, um, how fast healing happens because you are open and you trust 
and you are gonna do the exercises, you're gonna be empowered. And we see that so often that when you jive, your healing rate is just expedited. That's so cool. It is. It's amazing. And, and we talked about this on a previous podcast that the brain is uh, can be a block to healing, um, whether that's acute pain, meaning something fresh or something that's been delayed. And uh, just think about a dentist. And I mean, how positive are you? You're like clenching your teeth right now as I say that word, mm-hmm. right? Like nobody has their, I mean, that has as positive of an experience as you can but i mean if you don't if you have somebody who just drills your teeth as hard as possible and you're like wow i'm not gonna have fun at this so um but if you if you jive and you really have an open mind and you're honest and transparent um that makes that experience that much more powerful Mm -hmm. i love that i love that um okay so have an open mind number one what else well, sort of similar, I guess. Mm-hmm. Check your ego. Ouch. Yeah. My ego or you, the patient, the, the ego? The patient. Ooh, yeah. tell me. So many physical therapy things are designed, if they're addressing the actual problem, mm. to focus right on your weaknesses. Ouch. So you're not going to be good at it at yeah. first. Ooh. And that can be that really okay? hard to take. It's ah. totally okay. Oh. It's okay if you like know that this is going to make that pain better. Yeah. Or your just function in general. Ouch. I mean, that's just putting you down. But it can be shocking. Yeah. Oh. Like, so surprising. Like, my yeah. little baby leg after. Oh, yeah. Surgery. Just shaking yeah. and bobbing and weaving and worms in the muscles. Yeah. Like, all over. It's so, just, it's so hard to recognize that it you're is. not so, good at stuff. So, Dr. Nick, when you, when you have new patients, new clients right in front of you, I mean... How do you pro? Do you tell them like all of their weaknesses? How do you how do you make it a little bit more relatable and and not so much in their face? Oh man, I would never tell somebody all of their weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can all nitpick everything, and that's sure. our job is to be a little bit nitpicky on things. Um, you know, they're coming in here for a specific reason. You're dealing with a specific problem. And, you know, they're not going to be good at it, right? But we're all not good at something, yeah, right? Sure. Yeah. Whether it's single leg balance, whether it's neuroben, like muscle or brain, you yeah. know, inhibition or weakness sure. after surgery or a movement you just don't know how to control that well. Mm-hmm. Like that brought him in here and you just have to say, hey, this is day one. Like this is yeah. where we start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's very normal. And if they trust you, like yeah. we've gone through and you built a pretty good relationship leading up to that. Yeah. You're going to get a lot better at this and it's going to get a lot easier and you're going to find that your pain is going to go down because of that. Yeah. So it's part of the process. Yeah. To be humbled and, and identify where you need to work on. Right? right. So. And I firmly believe that injuries are opportunities. Ooh, tell me more. Why? Yeah. To get better. Like to to do, you got injured for a reason. Like yeah. you had a deficiency that you maybe didn't real, realize that you did. Yeah. So then once you're ready to do physical therapy work, like you can work to overcome that deficiency. And then you're just better overall for the rest of your life because you More have this resilient. knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. You basically stuff. have to have a positive outlook on yeah. it. Yeah. Right? I just think people aren't like practiced in being yeah. bad at stuff. <laughs> and it's totally okay. At to all be levels. Bad at stuff. And this beginner yeah. is advanced and, and pro. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's the same same concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. Okay. So, number three, what else does the patient or client have to be willing to do? Be willing to work. Ooh, W-E-R-K. Tell me more. <laughs> uh, like 
we talked about with the trait of a physical therapist, mm-hmm. activity is important. So coming to physical therapy, expecting every day to just lay on the table isn't going to get you totally oh, better. It feels so good. It does feel it good. feels so good. But recognizing where you make gains yeah. because you could do seven more single leg squats uh-huh. this week than you did last week yeah. is also feels really good. Yeah. It's the long term yeah. versus short term. Mm-hmm. Short term, just rub my back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just rub my back, please. Yeah. Long term is, all right, I'll do the core activation on the ball or whatever it may be. So be willing to work. I, that is, on our side, that is so important uh, because you, we're going to see you for a long time. And as much as we love people, we want them to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the reality. That's what gives us gratification. Yeah. Sure. Seeing people is great. And and that's what we do every day. Mm-hmm. But uh, if they're not getting better, we get frustrated just like you guys do. And we talk about it all the time. Yeah. I'm not kidding. It is literally behind the scenes. You're just knocking at your head. Yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a two-way street. So right. be willing to work. And work in front of people who know what you're supposed to look like is the thing. Oh, tell me. Like one of the important points here, I think, is like if you are just working really hard or what you perceive as really hard at home, yeah. but you haven't quite mastered the technique of something that you need to improve on, uh, you're not going to get better at home. I see. So work real hard in front of your PTs that know exactly what motor patterns are supposed to look yeah. like so that they can help you. So, I mean, this really opportune time. You get that one hour or whatever time you're getting with that PT. Like make use of it right. really what it comes down to so that we – when you go home, you're implementing the correct things versus, yeah, you're right. I, yes, that's 100% correct. Uh, what else? Number four. Plan for behavior change. So this mean? goes along with being an active uh, participant in your own care. Hmm. So like you said before, like you get one or two hours a week with a PT. Mm-hmm. That leaves 22 sure. to 23 hours in the rest of the day yeah. to like continue healing uh, at home. And yeah. whether that's whether that's diet to support like this sure. new active lifestyle uh, that you're participating in at the physical therapist, or just like the little like rolling on the lacrosse ball, yeah. doing some stretching, so you're ready for your appointment the next yeah. day, what have you, yeah. implementing it in little ways in the rest of your life, is a big deal. I've uh, I've noticed that I just had a client today who was um, who has had you know many years of pain and. as a result, has had to seek out care on his own. And um, he said it powerfully, you know, he said, this injury has um, taught me to be more healthy. And I I didn't realize that. But if you don't have injuries, you don't know, you don't instinctively go seek out how to make yourself better at things. It's kind of hard. It does force you to look deeper. All right, so if I'm having shoe pain or foot pain, what is it? My shoes, you, know, you, you become more knowledgeable with every single injury. So if you, the more you exercise, then, then the knee pain came on. We got to solve how to fix that and the hip pain. And you just become this human mechanic and you yeah. learn to take care of yourself, yeah. right? And, and there is positive in that. And that behavior change is, it's like a nutrition change. You got to be willing to do it. And for it's sure. a lifestyle. It's not for the six-week block that you have pain. Because it will come back. Mm-hmm. And we all know it that. Can. Oh we, yeah, it can. In 2018, I changed almost everything about my training. Ooh. And one big part of that is doing rehab-based stuff in every single warm-up that I have. That's hard. Yeah. Good for you. It's amazing. Good for you. I, I love it look at so that. much. What, what was that word again? Rehab-based exercise. And there was one word amazing. that was... Oh, I love that. <laughs> 
Rehab so, equals amazing. Amazing. So I look around like a public gym yeah. and I just, I go a little bit crazy seeing people just <laughs> do like the same kinds of exercise. Yeah. Because why not incorporate rehab into your exercise? Yeah. If it, like it can be out here on its own. Mm-hmm. And a designated part of your day. Sure. Or you can throw it in with your warm-up stuff, like, for your actual workout, yeah. whatever it is that you're doing. And then you're just reinforcing those good habits and good motor patterns and staying healthy. Yeah. So plan for behavior change right at the get-go of learning these exercises, yes. but also long-term, like, how you're going to keep them as a part of your life. I think that most people think of rehab exercises as boring and they have to do them separately from their workouts. And um, a big aha moment was... A, about five, six years ago, uh, I had a mentor who was like, well, just throw it in as part of the workout. So if you're squatting in between your sets, then just do lacrosse ball to your glute or, or, or we'll do the mobility drill, whatever. And it actually helped open up the hips to be able to squat better. And I was like, genius. <laughs> I don't have to spend 10 additional minutes. I just yeah. have to squeeze it, yeah. put it into the workout. Well, and what happens if you try to mm-hmm. leave it till the end of the day? What are you gonna do? You, you probably don't it. do it. I would agree you with that. Forget about it. So I would do agree it with in that. The middle. Yeah. Make your life easy. Mm-hmm. Plan plan for behavior change. Mm-hmm. Love it. And what is the last and and one of the most important things uh, that you need to do as a client or patient to uh, make success, physical therapy a success? In a word, mm. communicate. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Tell me more. Well, we talked about uh, kind of each other on either side, maybe beating their heads against the wall, yep. therapist or uh, patient. If you talk about stuff that's bothering you, then you both know what's going on. And part of also keeping kind of the, the goals long-term going and incorporating your rehab into your life and all that stuff is understanding fully why you're doing the things that you're doing. So if you don't ask why... You won't know. Then you'll get frustrated because you won't understand the big picture. So ask those questions. What is it about this exercise that's making me better? How can I visualize that and be really excited about it instead of bored? At Sports Performance, we are obsessive about communication and expectations and feedback. I think feedback has been one of my biggest growing points in my first couple of years as a therapist. Mm -hmm is actually learning how to listen to someone and then, cause they're telling you what's working. They're telling you what's not working. And like, you have this idea in your head, especially, you know, if you come out of PT school or this is the problem, this is how I'm going to fix it. But that might not be the problem and you might've missed it along the way. So mm-hmm. if they're giving you cues and just learning how to listen to those and adjust your plan and care, your treatment has, uh, I mean, it's helped me with a lot of people. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, and, and um, that's so important because everybody's coming in from a different frame of reference, right? On the medical side, we're like, oh, I know how to fix this. And the person on the other side is like, no, that's not it. It's not my knee. It's my hip. And you're like, okay, I got it. We got to educate. We got to, we have to meet in the middle, yeah. right? Because you're like, uh, the pain's here. It. Why is it there? I, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about because you're saying it's above there. Right. And so it's educating, communicating, and and giving them feedback and saying, like, this is what it is. And you give them the anatomy and talk. To, and as you start to see their eyes, like the aha moments, you're like, okay, we're in. We now are meeting in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so um, on your end, you're asking those questions because if it doesn't make sense to you, what are you not going to do? You're not going to do it. Right. 
doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it has to make sense to both people. So, you know, from the medical side, we are obsessive about trying to get your feedback and understanding that because if you go home and you don't understand it, that entire hour that I talked to you about um, why your feet muscles are, or your foot muscles are actually very weak and that's why you're having foot pain and you're like, no, I just did it because I ran a marathon. No, it, it, no, we didn't meet. We had no no expectations and no communication. So I think that's one of the top ones. You know, if you're not communicating, it hurts you. It hurts the relationship. For sure. It's, and it, it's harmony. Yeah. You got to continue to strengthen it like yes. any relationship. Like, it is a relationship. Keep that feedback loop going. I love that. Not just I, one time. I am now going to be in a relationship with all my patients and clients. <laughs> very, very special. You guys are my friends. All right, guys. Uh, on behalf of the Sports Performance Podcast, we we thank Kara and and we thank you for coming on and um, thank you for flying all the way from Colorado for this podcast. I'm kidding. <laughs> she did not come from Colorado for this podcast. Uh, she happened to be in town, and and we really appreciate you spending your day with us uh, and interrupting some of your recovery time for a little bit of podcast time. Well, I just I love coming to visit my old home, mm, Chula Vista, California. California. Whoop, whoop. All right, guys. So we will see you on the next episode. See you guys. See ya. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Sports Performance Podcast. If you enjoy our content, help us help others by giving us a five-star review. This gives us an opportunity to provide people just like you with great information to stay healthy. If you have any questions, email us at teamsp at sportsperformancept.com. If you want more, head over to our website and sign up for our VIP email list to stay in touch with the latest and greatest. And while you're there, download one of our free reports on back pain, knee pain, ankle pain, or running efficiency. It doesn't matter if you're new to exercise, an experienced personal trainer or coach, healthcare professional or professional athlete. This information is literally for anyone interested in fitness and health. We're excited to keep you healthy and active. We'll see you on our next episode.